Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about equipping and inspiring you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, Brandon Cunningham is going to join us as we have a conversation with Scott Beebe. Scott Beebe is the founder and head coach of MyBusinessOnPurpose.com. He's also the host of the podcast called Business On Purpose. He liberates small business owners from the chaos of working in their business and helps them get their lives back by articulating and implementing intentional vision, mission, values, systems, and processes. That sounds like a mouthful, right? Well, anyway, this is the time of year, the beginning of the year when everybody's talking about goals, goals this, goals that, goals 2016, well, it's 2018 now, but some of you are still working on your goals from 2010. In any case, we're going to have a conversation with Scott about vision. Why is it vision is important? Why do you have to have it written out? And how can you apply it to not just your small business, but how can you apply it to your family as well? Maybe you're in a rut at home. Maybe you're in a rut with your health. Whatever you're in a rut in, you can have vision for your life. So here we go. Brenda's going to join us. And then we got Scott and we have a great conversation. Here we go. All right, Brandon, welcome back to the land of the living. How have you been doing? I almost died last weekend of the flu. And, yeah, you know, yeah. For the, for the ladies that are listening, you know, husbands, we almost die when we get a cold. So I had a bad cold, I think. Maybe flu. We're yeah. not sure. I never went to the doctor, but, you know. <laughs> Women, they get sick. They're taking care of the kids. They're taking care of the house. They're taking care of the husband who's also sick. And and it's just funny. The husband, when he gets sick, out of commission. It's basically in a coma in my bed for about three days. I dread getting sick at home because my wife has zero sympathy for me when I get sick. (laughs) And then... And then she feels bad because when she's sick, I want to kind of dote on her, make her chicken soup and all that because she did the same for me. She's like, why don't you get mad at me? I'm like, no, because I'm kind of showing you how I want you to treat me the next time I'm sick. You went to others. <laughs> so be a baby all you want because I'm going to be. <laughs> uh, and so uh, anyway, we didn't call uh, call in. I mean, we're here in the same <laughs> room right now. Yeah, show, Brandon, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we didn't get on this episode just to talk about Brandon's illness and how our wives have no sympathy for us. Uh, we actually... Uh, brought in a guest. He's calling in from South Carolina, Scott Beebe, host of My Business on Purpose. Scott, how are you doing? Guys, I am doing fantastic, and I appreciate you allowing me to join the circus tonight. You said you guys are a bunch of goofballs, so I'll <laughs> yes, fit right in. we are. <laughs> if there's anything there we're go. good at, it's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I run a software company here in Corpus, and uh, I've been interviewing people all the last week or two. And every interview, I always kind of just goof off because people are so nervous. And I'm like, don't be so formal. I I'm not going to be that yeah. way, so you shouldn't be that way. Relax a little bit. <laughs> so when you're sick, does your wife have sympathy for you or is it total? Man, I got so resonating with you guys talking about when you're sick and the way your your wives kind of spend time with you. And my wife is a jewel when I'm sick because I am – by far, Brandon, I've got you beat. There's no doubt about it. I am the world's baby. It's like a sniffle, and I'm like, oh, I'm down. I just I just don't know that I'm going to be able to do it. And um, it's even like I'll strategize my – this is horror. I can't believe I'm saying this where other people can hear it. But I strategize my day when I feel kind of run down around micro naps. I'm like, all right, got a client meeting from 
7.30 to 8.30, and another one started at 9. So I can do client notes, be done by 8.40. I can micro-nap for about 10 minutes. Then I can get prepped and ready, and I should be ready to get. And I, it's just it's embarrassing, <laughs> but it's that's how pitiful it is. Where, where Ashley, my wife, she just trucks. She'll have the flu, and she's doing laundry. She's getting kids to school. So, yes, Ashley is bulletproof when it comes to that stuff. She trucks through. Um, I, I, I wish I had half the gumption uh, that she does when – I get sick and I just I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I want to like I want to be Superman and all that, but I've just kind of come to the reality that I'm not. <laughs> it's funny. I was laying there the other day and and my wife was bringing me food and medicine and telling me what to take when. And uh, if she ever decides to kill me, it'd be really easy because I'm just swallowing whatever she's handing <laughs> me anyway. But uh, I told her, I said, yeah, I just feel bad that I'm so sick this weekend. And, you know, I said, you never get sick. And she's like, I get sick all the time. I'm like. Well, you don't act like me, I guess, when you're sick, because <laughs> just that, you know, well, I keep going on with life and doing all the things moms have to do, and I can't lay in bed for three days like you did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I The last time Liv was sick, I tried to convince her that the kids would be fine. Like, they will still be there if we take a nap. You know that, right? <laughs> exactly. Nope. That, that inspired her to get up even more. <laughs> She's like, no, I will not be those parents who lose their kids because we took a nap. And hey, like, if they escape, they escape. Yeah, we'll get more. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so they learned how to unlock a door you know that's pretty good that's giftedness right and anyway worst parent ever that was me uh, <laughs> uh, so one of the things i love to do uh when we have a new guest on the show is play a little game called uh six degrees of separation factor fiction and i just i ask our guests how they're connected to a celebrity. And then Brandon's got to guess if you're telling us the truth or not, if that story was fact or fiction. So, Sounds great. And and the world knows Brandon's the hugest, biggest Renee Zellweger fan. And um, we're, we're still doing Renee? We're still doing it. In 2018, just one day she's going to honor us with her presence on this show. And it's because of this stupid skit we do every time. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the inspiration that she needs to come on board. Of, of all the people. <laughs> of all the people. Uh, and we're doing this for you. We're doing this for you, Brandon. Yeah. This is for you. Okay. Yeah, really. Yeah. No, it's not for me. It's for you. Yeah. So anyway, six degrees of separation of how you are connected to the one and only Renee Zellweger. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So here's where I think the connection might be. I told you guys before we started recording that we've got six guitars and a ukulele in the upstairs. I, we love music. I've got a, a friend named Chad Jeffers, who is the guitarist for Carrie Underwood who's got to be somehow connected to Kenny Chesney to Renee Kenny Chesney, Renee Zellweger. That was the connection there. Mm. Through the guitarist of Carrie Underwood. The guitarist knows that's Scott. Probably, that's probably true. There's got to be a connection there somewhere. <laughs> I, I, that makes sense. So, you know, just make a couple of calls and see what you can do. <laughs> <laughs> We're making an ask right off the bat. She'll probably uh, reply the same way she has the last 10 times. My lawyer has right. said, you're not allowed to contact me for any That's reason. Right. <laughs> Still got that letter? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we've not gotten the letter like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think she specifically said, even if she's on fire, we are to walk right by and leave her alone. <laughs> uh, no, that was uh, Rob Lowe. He told you that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, who still has me blocked on Twitter, by the way. I checked yesterday. I'm still blocked by Rob Lowe on Twitter. And I don't know why. Uh, Claim to fame. There you go. <laughs> I know. I tell people that all the time. Open. Somebody knows him. You need to block me. You need to put that on your profile on Twitter. That's that's what you ought to do. Blocked yeah. by Rob Lowe. 
Oh, I'm going to do that. Do it. <laughs> All right. So um, now everybody heard it during the intro because I I talked Scott up because Scott's pretty cool. There you go. He's got the uh, the podcast called My Business on Purpose. Uh, coaches small business owners. Uh, tell us how did how did you get into that? Um. Yeah. So nice big broad question right there for you, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what I, are you I done with I've your life? An answer. So uh, the background is I've got a bit of a varied background in terms of um, what I've done professionally since the late '90s. So I've been in uh, global megacorp scenarios. I've been in very very small nonprofit scenarios, both in church and non-governmental organizations. And along around 2006, we started doing work in Nigeria um, through the little church that we had started there and in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And so we were going back and forth. And uh, a couple years after that, I actually went back to work for Pfizer in the low, uh, the low country of South Carolina. We were still connected in Nigeria. We were helping another guy plant a church there. And uh, I was working for Pfizer so this is part of the days of the big global national megacorp uh, or international megacorp that I was a part of. And about 2011, the organization that we work with in Nigeria asked, could you help us develop vision, mission, values? Kind of a, well, initially they called it a strategic plan, but really what they were asking for is overall direction for what they were doing. And so we went a couple days both in Nigeria and then a couple days here in the U.S. and sat down really, really worked through a diligent process of what that looked like. And out of it came a real clarifying vision for what the organization was going to do. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, I got a call basically saying, hey, this vision's really big. What we figured out is we're going to need somebody to lead this like full time. And uh, would you be interested? I was like, well, no. I mean, I, I don't know. So <laughs> no. Just, you know Anybody but me, guard. really. <laughs> yeah. And so we worked through that and prayed through it a lot and. It probably took a year or so to make that decision. In 2013, um, I ended up leaving Pfizer and became the international administrator for a really small non-governmental working in Nigeria. And so we did that for a period of time, and everything was going great. And then we had this kind of this this coup d'état of sorts at the board level. Now, I was not a board member. My, my job role was directly uh, reporting to the board. And so there was a, a riff in the board with some organizational stuff that, um, that that was happening. And we had a sequence of four uh, emergency board meetings, November, December, January, February. So now this is into 2015. And February 27th, 2015, I walked into uh, the boardroom and sat down. And I walked out three, three hours later, and I didn't have a job. Ooh. What had happened was eight of the nine board members resigned that morning. Wow. And they left the one who was kind of running power play on everything. And so what ended up happening is that the eight basically said, we've got to dissolve the role because that role is responsible to us and we're not going to be here. Um, <laughs> and so what they did is they uh, put together um, a thoughtful, meaningful, albeit very thin uh, severance <laughs> and basically said, man, we love you. We're proud of you and your family. <laughs> we hope the best. Oh, wow. Um, and that was it. I got on a plane in Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, flew back to the Savannah Airport, and was 39 years old. Actually, I've been married, I think, around 17 years at that point. Three kids, and I didn't have a job. <laughs> awesome. And so uh, about three days later, that was on a Friday, February 27th, 2015. Three days later, on a Monday, I called two friends of mine, both business owners here locally in the low country of South Carolina. And I said, hey, 
I want, I, we're going to start a business. I'd actually already started the business on purpose podcast, never intended for it to be, actually become a, a living, breathing business serving business owners. But I called these guys and, and they knew some of what was going on. And I said, uh, I'm, we're going to, we're going to launch the business and, uh, I want to do some work for you. <laughs> and they said, <laughs> what are you going to do? And I said, I, I don't know. What do you need? And so we got to having a conversation about it and, um, yeah, long story short, they really need clarity where they're going in the business. And so I put a proposal out and just, I mean, we just prayed and, and, um, and they, they bit like they, they took it. Those guys are still clients today, by the way, almost three years later. Um, I meet with them every week and just this week at the time of this recording, we just went back and reviewed the vision that they wrote three years ago. We do that frequently, but guy's currently on track that's two years ahead of his vision right now oh, um, man. and he's making such incredible progress and so that's how the business started uh i got we got pushed into the entrepreneurial pool and uh through coaching with aaron walker and um and just a lot of grace from the lord we built a business and or i should say god built a business we're just kind of managing it yeah. uh, as time goes on and so that that's how we got started that's awesome. A lot of times we talk about, you know, you decide you're getting out of the rut or sometimes you just get thrown out of the rut and it's like, okay, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. So you yeah. land at the airport and you're like, okay, I have no job, but I do have three kids. So I got to have yeah. a job. I got to figure something out. That's I right. love that. That's right. Yeah. I got airlifted out of the rut. Yeah. I like that. And sometimes that's, that's a good way to go because it yeah. forces you to say, okay, what can I do? What do I have? What are my resources? What's around me? And a lot of times we'll talk to people, uh, Jerry and I, and they'll say, well, I don't really know anybody. I don't, I don't know how to do anything. What, when you're forced to, and you're looking at your family and you're looking at the fact you have no job, you're like, okay, you get real creative. I got everything That's I right. need. I just got to use whatever I got and make it work. That's and, right. That's and, exactly right. Yeah. And Scott just, well, discovered, realized one of those things, <laughs> uh, that helping people find vision is, well, is the thing that he's good at or, you know, that was right. his thing. And, uh, and, and I love how those life circumstances really pointed that out. Cause you asked your friends, what do you guys need? And they're like, well, we need help with creating a vision. And you're like, bam, there you go. Yeah. And I yeah. know one of your more recent episodes on your show, you talk about uh vision for your family. Um, hmm. So, I mean, how, I guess on a high level, how important is vision? You know, why is it important? Cause a lot of folks, you know, we hear it with companies, our vision statement is blah, blah, blah. But I mean, taking it down to a personal level, why is vision important? What would it look like for somebody? So this is a blunt response to it, but the Bible's real clear. The Proverbs are really clear that where there is no vision, people die. And so if we truly believe that, and there's three different versions, some, a couple of them are lighter than that. Where yeah, like, what does my version say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Uh, you don't have to understand that. <laughs> that's right. One version says where there is no vision, people become detached. The second one is where there's no vision, people scatter. And then the third one is, and it makes sense, guys, doesn't it? I mean, if you become detached, you begin to scatter. You're just kind of aimless. And if you're aimless, you walk across the highway and things don't go well. Yeah. Um, when, when that happens. And so, I mean, very realistically, we had a client this past year, 42 years old, uh, uber successful. If you look at the product and the output of his business and died in Jan uh, June in sleep, um, and, and just struggled. And we just found out two weeks ago that his brother just died wow. and, uh, all this happened within six months and he had a vision for the business, but did not have a vision for his life at all, at wow. all which is so sad because it didn't surprise a lot of people when he died. 
Hmm. And so the reality is where there is no vision, people scatter. And guys, honestly, we know that. I mean, we, <laughs> we inherently know that, that, you know, Peter Drucker didn't, he didn't sniff that out. Right. Jim Collins didn't research that and uncover that in, in good to great. Or, you know, we always go back to good to great because it's a great book, but we kind of define every business principle back to those books. Vision is age old. Um, uh, my favorite conversation around vision is actually a Jewish prophet Habakkuk. God tells him directly, write the vision down so that those who read it may run. Mm-hmm. And so when, you, when we withhold a small business owner's vision from our team members, when you as a leader within a business withhold vision from your leaders or, or anybody for that fact, customers, family members, really what you're withholding is the ability for them to run either towards the vision or away from that vision to another compelling vision that's going to match with who they are absolutely true there's no question about it that you know people go uh, take a job for for the money you know generally they're like well I, that pays the money that i need or whatever but they stay for the vision they stay for the the purpose of the business right. mm-hmm. and and same thing's true in church it's true in you know nonprofits or just in your family your your kids and your wife and you know the family's going to follow you because you've got a vision they they believe you're going somewhere yeah I like the version that says you become detached because it it really it kind of paints that picture for you detached from knowing where you're going. You're just kind of wandering around. And, mm-hmm. and, and I've always told my kids, you know, you decide what's going to happen tonight here. If you wait until you're already out there in the world, you're going to make a wrong decision. So you got mm-hmm. to decide when I go out tonight, here's what I'm going to do. And here's what I'm coming back. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you'll wait till 1130, 12 o'clock at night to make that decision. You'll make the wrong decision. You've got to have a purpose and a vision for what you want to accomplish. You just yeah yeah, and then show up and actually live it. So tonight is a good example. Ashley and I sat down at the beginning of the year, and we actually have uh, we've got a course. It's called Creative Family Vision, Um, and we put this together because we sat down with business owners, and one particular business owner said, "Wait a second, if I'm doing this for my business, shouldn't I do this for my family?" Nice. And we thought, well, yeah. And yeah. so we took a lot of the principles, we put it into much more whimsical kind of fun setup so that families can actually write out the vision for themselves. So we've done that. And then periodically we reset on, um, you know, goals and that sort of thing that are strategically aligned with the vision. And so we did that just a few weeks ago. And one of the things that we want to do for this year is uh, a game night periodically. Well, tonight was that night. So before I got on this podcast. We were playing code names around the dinner table. Oh, cool! And and Ashley had a real a great point. While we were playing, kind of stopped the game. There was a, there was some bickering going on, uh, which we can all be guilty of. She stopped the game <laughs> and basically said, "Hey, we want you guys to know that we're fighting for this night. We're not going to allow game night to become a night of bickering and just frustration and rolling your eyes at each other and blah blah blah. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna enjoy this because that's why we built it." And so she was able to go back to vision even in just that kind of slight moment. You know, we hear people writing goals and writing visions, and that's the momentous time, the fireworks time. Yeah. Hey, we wrote the vision. Yay. Check me and out. <laughs> what we don't see is three weeks later when you're sitting there and you know tonight's the night. Like you know tonight's game night, and instead you're just like, ah, oh, we're tired. Yeah. We're tired. And you move on. Nobody's going to fight you. Yeah. Nobody's we'll going to fight you. Maybe next week. <laughs> and, and it's the same way. As small business owners as well, nobody's going to fight you every day if you don't do your vision, if you don't live by your mission or your unique core values, if you don't teach once a week for an hour driven by an agenda led by a leader and don't hold to that. Nobody's going to fight you over that. Right. And so you've got to have that laid out and then the accountability of a community come around so you can start living towards that. 
That's an awesome resource. You're, you developed that resource yourself? Yeah. Your yeah. If you just go to createafamilyvision.com. We're not really good at naming stuff, so we just name it what it is. <laughs> exactly. Here's <laughs> a dog.com. <laughs> right. Want to buy a dog? Right. Yeah, go to here'sadog.com. Right. <laughs> I can work for Scott. <laughs> Buying domain names all day. I have a dog. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. And then you even apply that that concept of uh, having to have vision. Uh, there was another, I think your most recent episode, uh, you know, what do you do when you have all these ideas? And, you know, for me, I always call it like, what do you do when the idea fairy shows up? And because, you know, somebody comes in and says, hey, I got an idea. And then, you know, everybody gets excited and they want to run with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you talked about using vision to keep people, uh, keep those ideas kind of in check. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do is we, and we highly recommend this, we, we run a daily huddle three days a week. We're a completely virtual team. So we've got a team member in Florida. I'm in South Carolina. We've got one in Georgia and we got one in the Philippines. And so what oh. we do is we do a daily huddle. Um, and it usually takes about 10 minutes and we go around and I simply ask the question, what's the biggest thing on your plate today? And what can I do to help? And that's it. And we go around the room just like that. And, uh, what we've found through that is it begins to limit the idea is so that when we get to our weekly team meeting, which is Friday morning for one hour during that time, we can let the ideas kind of roll. But the other thing that we have is we've embedded in this great book by Brian Moran called 12 week year. We've taken that and kind of adapted it to our own. We just call it a 12 week plan and we've got a 12 week plan. There's only three things on that plan. Those are the only three things we're focused on in a given 12 weeks period. Now there are things on autopilot, obviously in the background that are going on, but in terms of uh, marginal time, deep work time, whatever. We only focus on those three things. That's it. And so what it does is we've got a, a holding place for new ideas on our 12-week plan. And so when we're in our team meetings and somebody goes, hey, what about blank? We go, hey, that's a neat idea. Let's put that in the future section in our 12-week plan. And when we come back, we'll come back at the first part of April for this next round at the time of this recording. When we come back to it, the first place we're going to look at is the future section when we're developing our next 12-week plan. So somebody could call us and go, hey, are you all interested in doing a joint venture around this? And I'll be like, absolutely. That sounds really unique. Um, I tell you what, we're going to put that in our future section. And in eight weeks, when we renew our 12-week plan, we're then going to run that idea through our vision, our mission, and our unique core values. And if it fits there, then let's talk. Uh, if it doesn't fit there, then we, you know, uh, we don't need to waste your time and you don't need to waste our time. Uh, but if it fits there, but we don't jump at every idea and go, yeah, yeah, let's do that now. Because what it's going to do is going to suck the life out of what we really, really need to be focusing on for the next 12 weeks. 
That's such a great concept. We've talked on a previous episode about the most, best thing you can say is no. And, and to most yes. things, the answer is no. You know, there's things that then Jerry and I have been this way for many years. It's like, if it doesn't fit within what we're trying to accomplish, even though it's probably great, we don't want to do it. We'll support you and cheer you on from over here, but we don't want to come be a part of it. And some people get offended, but we always try to tell, you, you know, I'm really good at this and I'm yes. not really good at that. So there's no reason for us to partner up with you and mess your job up. We'll just cheer from you over here. I personally love the Sun Tzu. Um, I don't know what you call it, proverb, something like that. He who defends everywhere defends nowhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we started uh, the men's ministry at, at Bay Area back many, many years ago, uh, one of the things that we started to do was helping people move that couldn't afford movers, single moms, oh, yeah. and stuff like that. We became a moving ministry, and everybody was miserable, and we were like, yeah, I really hate moving. It was Why exciting at first. Yeah, yeah, it was exciting. Yeah, it was the really sustainability cool part sucked. But we were not saying no to anything. We're okay, we'll be there. We'll figure it out. We'll do something. And next thing you know, we're just standing around in the dark half the time trying to help somebody move a bed. And and we weren't really reaching people. We were just free labor, basically. Yeah. And we had to learn to say no. It It wasn't just moving, though. It was like, can you paint somebody's house? Can you build a a ramp for somebody? Uh, Can you – what was it? Can you – Clear brush clear on brush somebody's and acre and a half and of like, land. Sure. <laughs> I mean, we were doing things wow. way outside of our skill sets. But I love that about how you run it through the filter of your vision, your mission, and your values. And if it fits, hey, we're in. If it yeah. doesn't, we're going to pass. Well, we've got a we've got a client right now who's got a team member who's not showing a ton of integrity with what he's doing, and this is a high paid position uh, in a really successful business. And the business owner came into our uh, one-on-one meeting the other day, and he said, I think I'm going to let him go. I think I'm going to let him go. And I said, all right, why don't we back up for just a second, and let's take the emotion. Let's put that over here. And then what we're going to do is I'm going to pull out your vision story. I'm going to pull out your mission statement. By the way, these vision stories are about two to five pages in length, so they're very, very detailed. I'm going to pull out your vision story. I'm going to pull out your values, which you've defined, and we're going to run that decision through that first. Then we can bring the emotion into it. And we'll figure that out. But let's start there because what that does is it brings objectivity into the decision. Listen, I don't want if somebody calls me and says, do you want to do a joint venture? Inherently, my answer is yes. But why? It's because it makes me feel good knowing that somebody wants to work with me. And that's how we all feel. And so inherently, we're going to go, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that may be what my buddy Tom Schwab calls a profitable distraction. It's profitable, but it's a distraction. Right. And so we've got to be very, very careful because the reality is that, you know, if you look back, I think it's Genesis four. There are three guys that there are a lot of people mentioned, but three particular. One is I think Jabel, one is Jubal, and one is Tubal Cain. I'm sure I butchered the <laughs> pronunciations, but those three are called out, and Jabel is given the ability to work with livestock. Jubal is given the ability to work with stringed instruments. And Tubal Cain is given the ability to work with uh, metals and ironsmith, blacksmith, things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want Tubal Cain playing the guitar. That's not his gift. <laughs> right. I want the other guy doing that. And so when it comes to, hey, you know, Brandon, are you interested in doing X? The first response for most of us, because of our own kind of self image, is like, yeah, yeah, man, he wants me. He wants me. Right. When in reality, a lot of times the response needs to be not just no, but it's a, man, thank you. That just doesn't fit my skill set at all. Right. Or that doesn't fit my niche at all. And so for us, 
uh, you know, what drives us out of bed in the morning is to liberate small business owners from their chaos. I mean, that's what we live for. Everything we do focuses on that. And so if a company that's doing a hundred million a year came in and said, Scott, we want you guys to do coaching for us. I just have to tell them, I, I just don't think we're a fit. Right. That'd be a big contract to turn down. <laughs> it's like, but the reality is it's not in our scope. It's not in our skill set. <laughs> right. And, it, and it's so important, especially in the small business level, for you to understand that and kind of get that concept. Our company, we have about 30, I think we have 32, maybe 33 employees now. And and the president, he he is just in the last few months, and I think he listens sometimes too, so he knows I'm talking about him. But uh, <laughs> it's a total compliment, and you know it. But uh, he has really started to narrow down to just do the things that he can do and let oh, either great. me or somebody else do the things that he shouldn't do. And we just talked today about a hiring decision. And I said, you know, the first first thing right off the bat is this new employee should report to this other manager, not you, because you shouldn't have all these people reporting to you because you're running the company. You got to do that kind of stuff. And and learning that doing less means doing more is is a very valuable concept especially when you run a company because at some point you were probably the only employee so you were the chief cook and bottle washer and all that kind of stuff so learning that i need to let somebody else do those things either as well or probably better than you are and i do only the things i can do Mm, that's a great point and I, i try really hard to focus on every decision everything that i do does it add to his plate or take away? And and my job is to really take it off his plate, make sure that it, it doesn't add stress to his. And we talked about on a previous episode a while back about how I made a decision once that totally added to his job and his stress. And I just mm. hated myself for it. It drove me nuts for like a couple of days. And finally, we were able to fix it. But I just thought my job is to not make his job harder. It's to make it easier. That's a great point. It is a powerful, powerful takeaway because I'll, I'll tell you from the seat of a business owner to have team members that look at that and go, you know what? I've got an idea, but if I pitch this idea, I'm going to create more burden, not less. And so I'm going to reserve that idea and I'm going to try and roll that out into something else to come another direction to show, hey, this isn't going to put any work on your plate because I've got it all taken care of. That's, that's the onus where you've got to fully bake an idea or at least partially bake the idea before you bring the cake out of the oven and go, hey, look at what I'm baking. Don't worry. You're not going to have to do anything with this. Right. That, is a, that, is a, um, that is a mature response in understanding the mind of a business owner because the business owner feels this urge to take everything on. Yeah, 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 I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Instead of taking the opposite and going, yes, let's train somebody to do that. Great. That's interesting. Let's train somebody to do that. Or that doesn't right. fit our... Uh, value set. So I'm not even going to waste time training anybody to do that because it doesn't fit. Right. That's that's one of the biggest jobs I took on in the first year was just saying no to things. We were saying yes to everything because we wanted to build the business. We wanted every customer. And, and we I started to realize, wait, we're saying yes to things we either A, can't do or B, shouldn't do at all. And so you start to narrow down the things that we do. We got better at what we do and we don't worry about all the extra things and people are going to leave and people are going to say, you know, I'm going to go to this other company. Well, that's okay because the ones that stay are going to get better service. They're going to get better quality because you're providing focus at that point and realizing Mm -hmm. that you're not supposed to please everybody. That kind of applies to like your own family, your own relationships, your own physical fitness too. If you're trying to do everything and you're not focused with a, a vision of some way, yeah, you end up not really being impactful in any area of your life, I bet. Mm. 
Absolutely. Because, you know, especially with like fitness, we were talking before uh, we, we got on the line with you, Scott, about nutrition and how, you know, you can't just go from zero to 60. You've got to make some small decisions, but they've got to fit in with your overall vision of what you want to be. You know, I want to lose one pound, then that everything you can focus on that. But if I'm going to lose a hundred pounds, I got to focus more on every decision and make sure it fits within that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. So what's your favorite thing to do, Scott, as far as uh, running your business? What what kind of on a daily basis do you get to do that just really pumps you up in, in terms of coaching small business owners? Yeah, when we're when we're in the trenches, I mean, when we're in a, a conference room and an online meeting with a small business owner and we're walking through our methodical approach, taking them through the four steps to business freedom. And we're starting out with that vision story and we're getting in the weeds with bank accounts and meeting structures and weekly schedules and 12 week plans and uh, process roadmaps and all the granular stuff. (laughs) That's what I get geared up and excited about. And it sounds like misery to most people, (laughs) but it is so exciting because not because I get geared up about the, the digits and the data and the sheets and all of that. But I know what that stuff's going to lead to if it's implemented. So what gets me most excited, Joe Calloway had a great, great quote, vision without implementation is hallucination. Wow. What gets Love me it. most excited is when a small business owner decides, I'm going to take the toolbox. So, Scott, you built a great toolbox. I'm going to take the toolbox, and now I'm going to implement the toolbox. And when they do that, oh, my God, I mean, Katie barred the door at that point because it is a powerful, powerful moment when that happens. That's awesome. I've always said, you know, I could go spend a million dollars at Lowe's and I still couldn't build anything. So, you know, getting, (laughs) getting the right tools with the right training is there's nothing more powerful than that. You're right. And in the theme of vision with the right plan to actually put all that together. Right. What? (laughs) Sorry. I gotta do that. (laughs) And I could imagine, like you said, there are people listening to this and going, Oh man, that just sounds like torture for me. And, and I'm sure it's a little painful and it, you know, it takes a little bit of stretching and that kind of thing. And that might be the self-inflicted rut that they're in. Absolutely. So like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reach out to somebody like Scott because that's going to force me out of my rut. But yeah. you're never going to leave that rut until you do force yourself out and say, okay, I want my business to be next level. And I don't want to work 12 to 15 hours a day or 20 hours a day, seven days a week and, and not enjoy any of the fruits of, of my labor. I want, I want to make this business run better. So I'm not mm-hmm. running it all the time. We had a small business owner. This just happened this morning and uh, it was in our group coaching time and he was very candid with the group and basically said, our business is at a place where literally people are calling us. We don't spend a dime on marketing. People are calling us, and we can't fulfill uh, every person that calls us right now. All we would have to do is scale. We've got the processes written out. We've got them documented. We could take people who have just marginal capacity and train them to do our process exactly. It would be so easy to do it. He said, and this is the dangerous part, he said, but I've already had a couple of people tell me that they're, we're at a comfortable stage, we're oh. at a comfortable <laughs> stage. And I just, we were very blunt, as we always are, to say you realize that that is one of the most dangerous things you could say. Because the irony is we had another business owner who was struggling as to whether or not to um, start to increase into a, new, into a new revenue stream where he had a, a guaranteed contract. And he's wrestling with that. And you've got this guy on the other side <laughs> who's wrestling with team members who they're like, hey, man, we're comfortable. We're comfortable. Oh, yeah. And am I saying that you got to go from, you know, 500,000 to a million to six million? No, not at all. Not at all. But when you've got a skill set 
and there are people standing at your door, a lot of times we've got a responsibility to serve. And that's part of the skill set that we've been given. And it's our job as small business owners to figure out how do we scale that business in such a way where it's not going to tax me, it's not going to tax my family, it's not going to tax our team members' family, but it's going to provide opportunity for other people to become skilled in what we do so that they can serve the people who we need to serve because they clearly need what we have. That's true. That's so true. And and being comfortable, we talk a lot about, you know, being in the rut and sometimes, you know, you get fired like you were talking about and you end up in the rut. But I, to me, and, and we've talked about this many times, the most dangerous rut is that one where you're comfortable. You know, I've got a good income. I've got benefits. My, my life's okay. So I'm just going to stay here. I'm not going to risk yeah. anything. And, you know, life's not about getting out of here safely. We all end it the same way. And at your funeral, you don't want somebody to say, well, you know, that's Scott, man. He never once took a risk. He made it all the way to the grave without risking anything. It's like, well, what's the point of that? Yeah. That's the most uninteresting Hollywood movie ever. <laughs> exactly. I did Safest everything. man safe. alive. <laughs> yeah, that's not a superhero. Safety guy, you know. He's got goggles on. <laughs> but, but so many people struggle with that, you know. And we've even had people like that yeah. in my company that were like, we just grew over the last about 13, 14 months, we about doubled in size. And we had people that, you know, just didn't like that. They wanted the monotony of it. In fact, we even had a guy this past summer that left because he wanted an easier job that just was routine. He didn't want to risk anything and, and worry and all that kind of stuff. And I said, okay, I don't really understand that, but you know, good luck to you. Whatever you, whatever you need to do, go for it. You know? So, so Scott, what's, what's next for you and, uh, and your company? So where we're headed is uh, we're going to wake up tomorrow and liberate small business owners from their chaos. It's the same place we've been. Now, what we're doing with it is we have created the Four Steps to Business Freedom group coaching program. Uh, and we've been in development of two years and have really, really perfected it uh, over the last year where we've got heroic small business owners uh, and they're in uh, we've created a dashboard, so every small business owner gets their own dashboard. They know exactly, exactly where uh, where they need to go. It's broken out into four steps over about six months or so, and a business owner starts from where they're at, wherever they're at. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how messed up your, your, your books are. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much messed up your operational process is, all that. The only requirement we've got is you've got to be bringing more money in than it's going out. And if you can do that, then what we can do is we can get you set up with the roadmap, with the dashboard that you've got to have. Now, here's the catch. you got to do what we ask you to do. <laughs> and, and it sounds silly, but that is a massive so catch. Because people ask me all the time, Scott, does your coaching program work? My answer is yes and no. I can show you examples where it's worked beautifully, and I can show you examples where it's failed miserably. Yep. And some people will say, well, what's, what's, the, like, what's, what's the key? What's the, what's the silver bullet? What's the unicorn dust that falls down? My only response still to this day after all the data points, all the research, all the reflection, implementation. If you're willing to let your metaphorical thighs burn, to breathe heavy and to sweat hard for a period of time, then you will get to a steady state uh, where uh, yesterday morning – had a small business owner. He came in and he said, and these are the words that everybody wishes they could say, but they are a real struggle for him. He said, Scott, I'm there. I've got more <laughs> marginal time than I've ever had, and I don't know what to do with it. Wow. And you could tell it was it was like it was hard on him. It's really hard on him. Now, I know there's a collective of small business owners going, God, give me that problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, because no, there's a lot of guys that get in trouble with that problem. Absolutely. Um, 
Me and included. So the reality is, is there's always going to be tension. There's always going to be challenge. We're always going to be, uh, you know, kind of offered an opportunity and an invitation to walk uphill. Are there moments of rest? Of course there are. But the reality is, is if a small business owner is willing to implement, the roadmap's there. It's good. And when they do implement, and I mean implement like a banshee, I mean they go after it and they do everything we ask them to do, they come out on the other end and they got a business that is not running them anymore. It's a business that's not owning them anymore. They genuinely are business owners at that point. That's awesome. I'm like you. I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this going, well, man, I don't know if I can do that. But if if you're willing to put in the effort, you know, it's like a personal trainer or a hammer or anything else. It's only as good as what you do with it. And and you could get that kind of freedom. And I know there's a lot of small business owners out there. Maybe just maybe you run a nonprofit, maybe something, you know, like that, that you just you want to learn how to not just work all the time, but put a little margin in your life. And what's the best way to get a hold of you, Scott? Well, I appreciate you guys asking. We've actually tried to put our money where our mouth is, and we preach vision all day long, day and night. We preach vision. So what we decided to do a few months ago is every single heroic small business owner we get to work with goes through the same first step, and it's writing down their vision story. And again, as I mentioned earlier, it's a very detailed document. It takes time. But what we decided to do a few months ago was, and this is kind of the litmus test of those who are willing to implement and those who are not. If you go to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision, this is mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision, we've taken our entire vision tutorial front to back, nothing held back, along with the template. And if a small business owner is willing to invest two to three hours, we charge nothing for it. We've, we've, we've paid the cost up front with our time and and uh, expertise and feedback and insight, perspective, et cetera. And so if, if a small business owner is willing to spend the time, then we've removed all excuses. And they can just get it there, mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision. There's really no catch. Uh, I think you put in your email or something. That's it. And there's the course right there. We don't make you go through this big, long, you know, wait six days and we'll send you an email. None of that. It's right there. <laughs> and if you can block off two hours to three hours to really dig in, but I promise you, if you do it, you will have clarity like you've never had before. I love it. <laughs> I was looking at Jerry. I was like, I thought he was going to say something. <laughs> well, you look like you were going to say something, so I just let you go first. I was just kind of soaking that in, thinking that is so, uh, you know, you've got, well, if you buy this, then you'll get that and all that kind of stuff. But that is so clear and so concise. There's really no excuse why you wouldn't try it out. And, you know, and if it if it doesn't work out for you, you've lost nothing. But but you're always going to be run by something until you start running it. You know, you it's kind of like Dave Ramsey likes to say, you know, either you tell your money where to go or your money tells you where to go. And and a lot of people are probably struggling in their business the same way. Yep, absolutely. No, their business is dogging them out every day. And uh, and, and we can we can uh, like there's a way out. There's absolutely a way out. It's work. Right. It's work. You got to climb and work. But there is a way out for those who want a way out. Now, if they don't, that's fine. They just have to they have to stop complaining because that's what they've, you know, kind of what you reap is what you sow. Right. And if you if you uh if you if you or the opposite, if you sow chaos, that's what you're going to get back. And so that's why our whole aim every single day is to liberate small business owners from that chaos. That is awesome. Such a noble profession. I love that. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you on with us. <laughs> I told you this before the podcast, but I'll tell you again, you're work to do a podcast. Uh, put this stuff together and get prepped and, and, and set up guests and uh, get it all edited, uploaded, audio, everything else. And I, just that you would share the platform with people 
and that you would share it with us is, is a real privilege. So I just want to publicly tell you thank you. Awesome. Appreciate that, Scott. That's one of our passions, kind of like you were talking about with small businesses. We just want to give people the tools and resources they need to get out of that rut that a lot of us have put ourselves in. And some of it's safety, some of it's physical or financial or whatever it is, and just give you the opportunity to meet people and to learn in places that you can go and, and break out of that. So thank you for what you do and just, you know, your your international ministry, but just also your small business ministry of just helping people uh, just break out of that rut themselves. Well, it's a delight, guys. Thank you very much. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 114. There you'll find Scott's website, the link for that vision plan where he said, if you're willing to invest two to three hours, it's yours free because you put in the time. That link will be in the show notes as well. And then maybe you want to write a vision for your family. We'll put that link in the show notes as well. We're so glad you're still with us in 2018. If you're joining us for the first time, we're glad you stuck out this episode. We hope you like what you heard. And the best way you can support our show is to still share us with a family member, a friend, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. Just share with them the link to our episode, beyondtherut.com slash 114, or tell them to subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Google Play Music, subscribe on Stitcher, any one of those three and you'll get our episodes every time they come out well that's all we got and we'll catch you next week in the meantime go live life beyond the rut take care If you hit that red button, right. that pauses recording. We can keep like, chatting. It, it's really black, but did it pause? I think I paused. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show. That's C A P. S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.